Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Pekudei Shishi, the sixth Aliyah in Pasha's Pekudei. Now, at this point in time, you're probably thinking, well, we've heard it all. We've heard everything about the Mishkan. What more is there to learn? The truth is there's always more to learn. Let's take a look in this Aliyah. Our Aliyah is 11, stuck in front of from Perak Mem, Pasuk Yud Zion, Tuchof Zion. We're told in this that on the first of the month, the Mishkan was set up. Hukam HaMishkan, that's the description of it being put, established again. And Moshe Rabbeinu now establishes it finally. This is on the... Um, the, the the description of all the different pieces of the Mishkan. So we hear that he sets up the Mishkan and its sockets and its beams and its cross beams and all the different poles spreading the different curtains over the top as were commanded. And then he takes the Eidos, he takes the, that is the, the, the tablets of the covenant and he puts them into the Aaron which is then placed uh, and then he places the Badim these staves on the iron and he places them on the he places the, the, the all all of this in the place that it belongs and how the table is placed in his right place the menorah is placed in his right place Mizbech Azov is placed in his right place as well with all of their requisite kalim with their vessels to for service few basic points to notice so here number one is how many times was the mishkan set up and taken apart so the midrash sifra points out that seven times and uh, it was taken apart and seven times it was set up. That means once a day for the seven days of Miluim at the inauguration at the end of the month of Adar, this is when it happened. And then culminating on the eighth day, which is the first day of the first month, which is the first of what we call Nisan today, was when it was established and it never was taken apart until the next time they had to travel. Rav Hirsch points out that if you look in the history, uh, there are in fact seven sanctuaries which were dismantled. The Mishkan first was in the desert for the span of 40 years. When they arrived in the, la in the land of Israel for 14 years of Kivush V'yishov, for the 14 years of the, of the conquest and, and, and separating of the different territories, that it, the, the Mishkan lived temporarily in a place called Gilgal, which is just to the west of the Jordan River. Then it moved to its more permanent resting place in Shiloh, which is in the area of Ephraim. After the destruction of the Mishkan, three and a half centuries later, it stayed in a city, the Innov Irhakohanim, until that was destroyed in a massacre under the auspices of Shaul Amelech by um, Doega Adami. Um, when, um, then, then at that which point in time, um, the Mishkan was then, the, at least the Mizbeach, went to a place called Givon in Binyamin until the times of David Amelech who made the first base Midash, and then there was the second base Midash. If you count those area, those resting places, there are seven of them. And perhaps the Miluim, the um, inauguration which set up and took apart the Mishkan seven times, is an indicator there would be seven temporary times in history when the Migdash or the God's sanctuary would have to be established and taken down. But on the eighth day, when we get beyond the end of history, there's going to come a time where it will in fact last. And that's perhaps the message which is being expressed and indicated right over here. Another interesting lesson that can be learned out of Aliyah is when describing placing the Eidos, the Luchos, into the Aaron. You'll notice that there's two different prepositions over here where it describes Vayitain Esa Eidos and they placed the testimony, the Luchos, El Aaron, to the Aaron. Vayosem es habadim al haaron, and he places the staves on the ark. Vayiten es akapor es al haaron milamal, and they place the lid on top of it as well. You'll notice that the edos goes el haaron into the aaron, but the badim go on the aaron. 
So Al Shara Kodesh in his commentary on the Torah called Torah Moshe um, makes a very interesting comment where he says that there's the container, that's the ark, and then there are the staves which support the ark. And ironically, the staves are seen as to be above. Now, technically speaking, they are towards the top. But he's saying metaphorically and ideologically they're also towards the top. And the simple reason is, is because they represent those who support Torah, those who finance and allow those who teach Torah to be able to do their job respectfully. They are even a higher level than those perhaps who house or invite them into their own homes because there's a degree of um, embarrassment felt by the beneficiaries. And therefore there's a level of higher holiness to those who support without having to the, those who are the beneficiaries to feel that support in an embarrassing way. Very interesting lesson that Al-Sheikh is learning just from the way that describes the different components of supporting the Torah. Another interesting lesson we can learn from Zaliyah is a very curious aspect of our Aliyah. When describing how Moshe Rabbeinu established the Mishkan, it says, Vayakom Moshe Mishkan, Moshe Rabbeinu set up the Mishkan, and then he placed the sockets and the beams. Well, here's the funny thing. The Mishkan doesn't just mean the Mishkan as the whole, uh, the whole show. It actually refers to a very specific part of the Mishkan. In fact, it refers to the lower of the three layers of co-curtains of the materials which would go over the top of the Mishkan. So, that being the case, that essentially what is being described to us over here is that a very unusual thing. That means to say that before Moshe Rabbeinu put up the walls, which would hold up the curtains, the first layer of curtains seems to already be up. But what was it standing on, precisely? How could the Mishkan, which refers to that lower level of embroidered curtains, be there before the, the, the beams were there to even support it? So the Mephorshim debate this, and so the, as an example, the Malbim and the Haimek Davar say that the Mishkan over here refers to the whole, the whole structure. It can't refer to the Mishkan because it's, it's improbable to suggest that the Mishkan, were, the, 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 the curtains were being held up before the, the, whole, the, the, the beams to support it were. However, many of the, the other Mephorshim, the Ibn Ezra, the Sforna, Rashi, all indicate that in fact, no, the Moshe Rabbeinu somehow was supporting the curtains, he propped them up, and then he put the beams underneath them, which seems to be a very in, unintuitive or counterintuitive approach to setting up any structure. Why is this? The Svarna says a very interesting point, and he says that the reason why the lowest layer of curtains was in fact called the Mishkan, which is the name of the total structure as a whole, is because that is the central aspect of it. This, the main part of the Mishkan was, was called based on these curtains. So why is that? So a very beautiful idea in the name of Rabbi Yaakov Heber, who points out that a great, one of the great hallmarks, one of the great hallmarks of what it means to be Jewish, as the, the prophet Micha describes, is Hatsnea Leches Imelokecha. It's one of the three basic ideas that Micha describes, that a person needs to have a sense of humility. And whatever one excels in, in Judaism, whether it be their wisdom as represented by the Torah and the menorah, whether it be their wealth and success as is represented in the Shulchan, whether it be their spirituality as represented by the Mizbech HaKatares, their divine service, their avoida, their prayer, all of those need to be enshrined and covered from the outside because no matter what we excel in, we need to do it in a way in which we are quiet, in which other people don't know. There was actually a very, very wonderful individual in our community who passed away just in the last year, and his name was Danny Zaslowski. He had a very powerful statement, a very special individual, and he said that if more than two people know 
an act of kindness that you are doing, then it is likely you are doing it for the wrong purposes, if more than two people know. That's a very interesting perspective, very fascinating perspective. When setting up the Mishkan, before any of the magic could happen inside, the curtains had to go up. Before even the walls were there, the curtains had to be there. To make sure that whatever it is that we do has to be humble. It's not about subscribers, likes, front pages, interviews, awards, stages, and limelights. It's about what happens behind closed doors and within the curtains where the magic really happens. That's perhaps one of the lessons that we're learning from the Saliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.